Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am here in Studio A with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone. Listen, we are very excited. We are uh, going into a cool season here at the congregation, uh, the season of Hanukkah. Uh, Hanukkah is coming up next week. By the time you listen to our next podcast, Hanukkah will have begun, so we want to make sure that you're prepared ahead of time. We have three services coming up during the week of Hanukkah. Uh, that you can either live stream uh, at topraise.net or that you can um, come here locally uh, in Brandon, Florida and visit us. And so the first one is on Monday night, the 3rd, where uh, it's at 7 p.m. Pastor Nick will be preaching on the prophetic significance of Hanukkah. And so don't miss the prophetic... Oh, wait, that's Saturday. That's this Saturday. So this Shabbat, which is what? The first pastor will be preaching on the prophetic significance of Hanukkah. And Monday night, we're just going to party about Hanukkah, right? Yes, Lockies. Lockies. Okay, so Monday night is Lockie night, 7 p.m., be there or be square. Then the following Shabbat on the 8th at 11, we're having another service, and then That's Sunday... the Hanukkah extravaganza with Hanukkah with Hanok. Hanukkah with Hanok. Oh, we have... Yes. Oh, my gosh. Hanukkah with Hanok Hanukkah with Hanok. Our tour guide from Israel. Yes. That's awesome. And then Sunday the 9th is our new moon service at 6 p.m., also during the week of Hanukkah, more... Hanukkah partying and festivities. Yes. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. So, but what are we doing today? That's the question. Today we're studying the Torah portion, Vayashev. And this begins uh, a very, very important section of the Torah about Joseph. Uh, in English, Vayashev means and he settled. And this can be found in uh, Genesis chapter 37, starting at verse 1 and ending in chapter 40 and verse 23. All right. Think about it. You know, we go from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, now to Joseph. Joseph. So we're going to jump right out of the gate here. And we love the public reading of scriptures. So I'm going to have Ryan read Genesis chapter 37, verses 1 through 11. Uh, of course, in regards to the beginning of this storyline of Joseph. Joseph. You know, the competition for who was going to read today was very tough. It was between me and Eva Jesse. That's right. She's only three. So you win. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. What am I reading? Chapter 37, verse? Yes, verses 1 through 11. Okay, 1 through 11. Here we go, guys. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah, and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Joseph loved, I'm sorry, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him, and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his uh, he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. 
And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about, and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more, and his dreams, and, I'm sorry, and they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and eleven stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and his, to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his va- father observed the saying. All bum, right. Bum, bum, bum. Right out of the gate here. So Joseph is 17 years of age, and uh, he's going to go look for his brethren. You know, it's kind of funny, Ryan. We're looking for our brothers, our brother Judah. That's right. We're looking for our brother. And so he's, he's going to go look for his brethren. And uh, what, you know, what he had done is um, kind of amazing. When you talk about sibling rivalry... Uh, Joseph's going to bring uh, an evil report about his brothers. Uh, now, I did a little study on this and, and looking at the scriptures in, in detail. And Ryan, this is it. So he's basically a tattletale. Now, not to say the brothers were right, but he was telling on his brothers. So Joseph, you know, is like the tattletale. And so. Listen, the uh, way the story's going and describing, and the way I picture Joseph, ain't nobody likes Joseph. No, no. And see, he's a little tattletale. But here's the thing, though he's telling on the sons of Bilhah which is Rachel's handmaiden, and the sons of Zilpah, which was Leah's handmaiden. So he's telling on those four sons. And and they are, with Bilhah, she had Dan and Naphtali, once again, Rachel's handmaiden, Dan and Naphtali, and then Zilpah was Leah's handmaiden, and then Gad and Asher. So these four brothers, Dan and Naphtali, Gad and Asher, he was telling on them. You know, why do I why do I find that interesting? Because here he is, you know, he's he's kind of being favored. You know, it says right there in Genesis 37, 3. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. So think about this. So we're going through birthright, right? And so we know why Reuben, Levi, Simeon, and Judah lose birthright because we know about their actions. But now you've got Joseph bringing an evil report about these other four. So that's eight. Judah's four, isn't he? So Judah is number four. Right. Right. So then, but then you have four other brothers. So now we have a total of eight brothers that have had an evil report of some form or fashion brought before Jacob. So that's eight out of the 10 children, or I'm sorry, the 11 children that are alive so far. So you have Joseph, which makes uh, one that will set out to the side that's nine. So we have two other brothers that may or may not be in good standing with Jacob. You know, and we got to remember something here. You know, here's the thing um, Joseph's name means he will add. And Ryan, what's amazing is there's a difference between Judah and Joseph. We're going to let the story play out. And even today in the earth today, there is the house of Joseph. They're not Jews. They're not Judah. Okay? They're the non-Jews coming back, the house of Joseph. And you go back to, to Ephraim and, and, and his child, Joseph. But, but the bottom line is that uh, Joseph will always add to. So I love this story because we know that the earthly father of Yeshua was Joseph or Yosef. And we know that Joseph of Arimathea offered up his tomb that no one had laid in to give to the Savior. So, Ryan, this is the thing we all need to learn. Do we add to other people's lives or are we taking away? 
can we add to people's lives? When we come along the Jewish people and we love them, what can we do to add to their life? What can we do to add to them? You know, and, and we wonder, we understand the gospel and everything, but but Joseph gets this coat of many colors, right? And actually in the Hebrew, it's it's many pieces. And and this particular Hebrew word is pas or pes, P-A-S. It means a long and sleeved tunic. A long and sleeved tunic. So once again, Reuben loses the birthright for laying with Bilhah, Rachel's handmaiden, in Genesis 35, 22. And so Joseph gets this coat of many colors. So he's getting prominence now. It looks like he's going to be the favorite child. He's going to get the birthright. Somehow he's going to get it now. And he is the firstborn of Rachel, which is Jacob's favorite this wife. Is, this is true. This is true. And, and so once again... Um, and I, and I find it interesting as well, Ryan, this, this Hebrew word, pays, P-A-S, in the Strong's Concordance, if you go down just below it, this is where you get the word Pesach. And what does it mean? To cover. The death angel will, Pesach, will pass over. So it's like a covering almost, you know? And this coat is, that, that Joseph had is, is very interesting, and we're going to let this all play out, but what we have is... Of course, in Joseph's first dream, they were all binding sheaves in the field, and, and, and he arose and stood upright. And so what did his sheaves do in the dream? Uh, it says that uh, they stood round about and made obeisance to his sheaf, to Joseph's sheaf. So he has a second dream, and it's about the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars. They made obeisance to him, okay? So now he's had these two dreams, and the question is, was he to share these dreams or not is irregardless, but I'll tell you what, they weren't good dreams. You know, a lot of times, Ryan, people want to know if their dreams are from God or not. I always yeah. say, if you dream it twice, chances are it's from God or it's an issue that you need to deal with. But most of all, uh, God will always give the interpretation to his dreams. Don't go running around to other people asking for an interpretation. You know, just don't do that. And this whole subject matter of dreams, we can we can elaborate on, but we need to move on in the story and, and of course, you know, uh, once once Jacob, you know, heard about this, he rebuked Joseph after hearing about the second dream. He he rebuked Joseph. Said, Joseph, how could you say this? That we're going to bow down to you, you know. But in verse eleven of Genesis thirty-seven, his father observed the saying. What does so that mean? He he put it in long-term memory. He, he he registered it. He remembered it. He said, "Okay, let's think about this now." And so while while Joseph's brothers were feeding the flock in Shechem. Um, Joseph was sent by his father to go check on the brothers. You know, what are they doing? What's going on? Uh-huh. You know, you know he's wealthy. He's got things going on. He wants to make sure they're taking care of stuff. And he ends up uh, to check on them at the Vale of Hebron. But where does he end up in? Dothan, right? He ends up in Dothan, and a man is there. And he says, where are my brethren? And he, and he tells them, right, where they're at, right? He tells them where, where, where they're at, which is, which is what, Dothan? That they went to Dothan? <laughs> they're supposed to be at the Vale of Hebron. You know, and of course, the word veil, there's no valley in Hebron, they say, but the bottom line is that that it means hidden. So something was hidden in that in that sense. Uh, Joseph was hidden from his brothers, brothers were hidden from him, but but he's got to go find them, you know. And so the story unfolds, you know, where they see Joseph and they conspire to kill him. Well, they're like, hey, look, here comes the dreamer. Sibling rivalry to the max. I mean, imagine that. I mean, I've I've heard of some stories of knockdown dragouts among siblings in my time, but they conspired to want to kill him. And so, you know, um, but Reuben wanted wanted to uh, save Joseph. Don't kill him. 
don't kill Joseph. And so they 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 stripped him of his coat. Just throw him in a pit. And throw him in a pit. <laughs> don't kill him. Just throw him in a pit and leave him Yeah, there. a waterless pit. So, you know, God only knows what was down there. Yeah. I mean, scorpion, snakes. I don't know about you, but someone said, hey, can I throw you down in this hole? I'd be like, no, I don't think so. And so uh, it was Judah's idea to, to sell him to the Ishmaelites that were passing by. It was Judah's idea to sell him. And, uh, and so, you know, uh, we get the story, it seems kind of cross about... Midianites versus Ishmaelites or whatever, but could be traveling in a caravan together, you know? And, uh, and of course, we know that um, he was sold for 20 pieces of silver to the Ishmaelites. That's what it says. Of course, we know silver represents what? Redemption. Redemption. It represents redemption. And so he's going to be sold, and uh, he's going to go down to Egypt, you know? And... Uh, of course, Reuben returns back to the pit to save him. It's kind of interesting that why would why would Reuben have empathy for him if Reuben lost the birthright? Yeah, you know maybe he had some empathy there. And of course, he rent his clothes, and now they're going to conspire. There's a conspiracy. There's going to be uh, once again lying and deception runs in the house of Israel. Yeah, they're going to say, okay, let's let's kill a goat and take the blood and, and dip the coat in it. You know, I've so, heard I've heard it said about you know Reuben specifically that Reuben you know he he, he messed up. <laughs> And lost the favor of his father, and he knew Joseph being his father's favorite child. That maybe, maybe I can save him, and maybe I can get back into good graces with with Daddy O. You know, that's true. That's true too. So you know, so you know, once again, lying and deception. And, and Ryan, I would say this. You know, as as all of you are listening to this podcast, once again, honesty is the best policy. Yeah. Just be honest. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with those around you. Don't have hidden motives. You know, share share what's on your heart. You know, wear your heart on your sleeve. You're better off, really, than trying to hide things, you know, or having motives or, well, I didn't really want to share this or I didn't want to explain this. Well, go ahead, you know. And that's why, as far as Beit Tehila goes, we're going to be straight up and we're going to tell the truth, you know. So they bring this coat with the, with the blood on it from, and, and Jacob doesn't know anything. He, he rents his clothes, he put sackcloth upon his loins, and he mourned for his son many days, and, and, and so many tried to console him. And, and there's, a, there's a plural verse in there that he, even his daughters tried to console him. And so we look at it like, well, he only had Dina as a daughter. Where does the other daughters come from? But remember, when they went into uh, the city of Shechem, uh, they actually uh, killed all the males. They took all the women and children. So once again, just like with Abraham in Haran, people were absorbed into Abraham. They joined him. Uh, just like with Jacob, people were absorbed into Jacob's family. It's kind of like us, you know, uh, as far as the house of Israel, the commonwealth of Israel, we are uh, uh, absorbed and we become part of Israel as well. We are absorbed into the commonwealth of Israel. And this brings to mind the fact that as you look at this and Joseph's plight, uh, Joseph is a type of Messiah. We can see this. Uh, and of course, we know that uh, even among the Jewish people, uh, they believe in a Messiah ben Yosef, one that will suffer. And they also believe in a Messiah ben David or David that will be a reigning king. Uh, so the, 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 the bottom line is that we know we have one person coming two different times. It's not two different people. Uh, so we know that Yeshua has already suffered for us, just like Joseph was thrown into the pit and suffered. Um, and of course, we know that Yeshua will return to rule and reign as the king. Um, so basically, uh, Joseph was sold into uh, Egypt. He was sold to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh's, uh, 
staff and a captain of the guard. And, uh, and then, of course, we see this story being played out right then and there. Joseph lost everything, everyone. As you finish out Genesis chapter 37, he lost everything. His name, his connection to his family, he had nothing. I mean, he was at ground zero in his life. And so as we begin to switch gears here, uh, we're not going to do any reading as far as chapter 38, but now we're going to go into uh, the story of Judah. Okay. Well, I mean, back to Joseph real quick before we jump straight into to Judah, because we're going to go back to Joseph anyways. We but, are. But at this point, I think it's important to note that Joseph doesn't know the future. Joseph is, you know, had, has been betrayed. He's been hurt. He's been sold off as a slave. He's probably feeling pretty low about himself. And I think that one of the things that we can can learn from Joseph's story, knowing how it's going to end, we know what ends up happening. We're not going to get into what happens yet, but knowing where it goes, that uh, it's important to keep an eternal perspective and to remember what Paul said, that all of these things work together for the good of those that love Christ, right, to love God, and are called according to his purpose. Was Joseph called? Yes, Joseph knew he was called. Joseph was the favorite son. Joseph had, uh, you know, special privileges and special knowledge, right? They, they say that Joseph uh, stayed back with his father Jacob and studied the Torah and studied, um, you know, the, the sayings of Abraham and Isaac. Uh, and that he was more of the the one that got the education, so on and so forth. So then going forward, when all these bad things happen to him, uh, if this is me and I'm getting, you know, thrown into a pit and then sold by my brothers, I'm, I'm feeling pretty low. Well, you know, we, we could talk about that as well because, you know, uh, that's a whole other subject matter. Why didn't Joseph contact his family uh, in regards to his plight? But then again, you know, that, that's a whole other uh, teaching or, or, or viewpoint. Uh, that we can look at, but we, we need to look at Judah now because you know so many people have this you know misunderstanding of the two houses, or or you know they they accuse us of replacement theology, but uh, the two house teaching is very thorough. It's very true. Uh, maybe there's parts of it that have been exaggerated, or maybe there's some parts of it that are not true. But if you go throughout the scriptures, you're going to see a clear distinction uh, between the two houses of Jews and non-Jews, Judah. And, uh, and and Joseph, I mean, and I, I don't have time to get into that, but but we're going to look at Judah now, because now we're going to look at his his situation. Uh, in Genesis chapter uh, 38, it, it's all about Judah. And it says that he left his brothers and he went uh, to an Adulamite named Hira. So once again now, because of the situation that has happened with Joseph, or for whatever reason, uh, Joseph is going to move on now. I mean, he's in Egypt, but Judah's going to move on away from his brethren. So here's a story that's that's playing out even today. Uh, church going one way, the synagogue going another way. You know, very interesting to watch. So uh, what what happens is Jacob doesn't arrange any kind of marriage for Judah, like Mike was sharing last night at the Torah study. Uh, so Judah found a daughter of a certain Canaanite whose name was Shua. So once again, he found a daughter of a certain Canaanite whose name was Shua. Uh, that was the father's name. And so, you know, uh, so once again, unequally yoked. He's marrying a Canaanite woman of the land. You know, he's being assimilated. I mean, that's what I see. And of course, you know, she she conceives and bears a son. And of course, his, his name is Ur, which means watcher. He's the firstborn. 
Ur, it means watcher. And then she has a second son named Onan, which means strong. He's the second born. So now she's got Ur, which means watcher. Onan, which means strong, the second son. And this third son uh, was Shelah, which means petition, the third born son. Uh, kind of interesting. Three means divine and of the Lord. So he has three sons, my three sons. Da 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 da. Da 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 da. Okay, that's uh, telling my age a little bit. Was I but supposed then, to understand that reference? But then look what happens. So now we have, uh, so Judah's going to come in, and he's going to get a wife for his firstborn son, Ur, uh, and her name is Tamar, and her name means a palm tree. Her name means a palm tree. And so um, what happens to Ur? Well, it says in Genesis 38, 7, that the Lord slew him because he was wicked. So you have these three sons, right? And now all of a sudden, the, the, the firstborn was wicked, and God took him. And now we go into Onan, you know. Uh, it says right here in Genesis 38, verses 9 and 10, um, he knew that the seed should not be his, and it came to pass when he went in into his brother's wife that he spilled it on the ground. So so once again, Ur, Ur is was, was declared wicked and taken. Now Onan is going to spill his seed, and uh, God take him. So, oh, okay, that's what you're going to do? God says, that's not going to work. Yeah, well, and traditionally, and he takes, it's, takes the second ball. It's Onan's job to now carry on the name of his brother, Ur, right. by by taking uh, his his uh, Tamar as his wife. And instead of keeping with his responsibility, he shirks his responsibility. Right, so, I mean, uh, I guess Tamar's a Canaanite. Yeah. Okay. So after a period of time, uh, Judah's wife dies. Genesis 38, 12, she dies. So he loses two sons. He loses his wife, Ryan. This is, this is like the tragedies of Jacob being carried over into Judah, you know, all the things that he had experienced. That's you know? right. And, and so uh, just to remember that uh, daughters, uh, or actually the, the daughter that, that, that he married belonged to Shua. Shua was the father of... Uh, and of course, his name, which is interesting, his father-in-law, Judah's father-in-law, Shua, his name means depression. Yikes. That is not good. That's not a good sign. Boy, you know he's in depression now. Boy, that thing carried over from the daughter to the father-in-law, you know, the curse jumping. But depression, that's what his name means. Um, and so, you know, after, after Judah was comforted at the loss of his wife, uh, he went up with his sheep shears at Timnah, and of course he took Hira the Adulamite with him. So he's hanging out with the Canaanites. He's got Hira the Adulamite. He's hanging out with Canaanites, you know. And so uh, the story goes that when when Shelah, Judah's thirdborn son, was grown up, uh, and Tamar realized that he was uh, not going to be her husband, uh, she took matters into her own hand. She sure did. She, she's going to play the harlot, hoping Judah would lay with her. So, you know, she wanted to carry on the family name. She wanted to be a mother. She didn't want to be barren. And she's like, man, you know what? I've got to do something. So once again, Ryan, deception. That's right. Well, Trickery. So, so she knows- I'm telling you, right, this is all throughout Absolutely. these stories. Ryan, we got to be honest. No, for sure. Let's, let's tell people what we believe. Well, and let's check- lay it out and say, this is what we believe. That's why we got to be honest, Ryan, because I'll tell you why. Because you know what? We don't have any hidden motives. For the Jewish people, we respect Judaism, right? We're not going to bust out a bunch of tracks and, and, and jam Jesus down their throat. No, we're going to say, hey, we're Christians. We have Jesus. We love Jesus. We pray in his name. We pray to the Father. This is who we are. 
Okay, but we believe that, that the Jews are God's chosen people. Okay, Paul makes mention about them being blinded to the gospel. That's fine. We all have to make a choice for Christ, right, Ryan? But there's no deception here. Right. We're not trying to slip in and, and proselytize and evangelize the Jewish people to Jesus. Why, you know, why can't we just be friends and have a relationship to that degree and have respect for one another, Ryan? No doubt. Because, you know, it's, fun, it's funny, for those who are listening to this podcast, and this is one of my pet peeves, why would we treat the Jewish people any different that don't have Jesus, you know, when our coworkers don't have Jesus, our own family doesn't have Jesus, oh, but if the Jews don't have Jesus, let's alienate them. You know, that's why they were putting ghettos, Ryan. Yeah. That's why they were put in communities like ghettos and things. Let's just isolate them, let's control them, and it's, it's just... It's plain wrong. Listen, everyone needs to make a personal decision for Yeshua as, as the Christ, as the Lord, you know. And so as we see this story unfolding, you know, uh, Tamar steps up, boy. And, she, she does. She checks does. this out. This is, so she, she now sees the writings on the wall, and she wants very badly to fulfill what she feels is her obligation to carry on the name of, of her husband, Ur. And so she goes and she dresses like a harlot, which I don't know what that means in that day. Once again, clothing. Right. Right. Remember, clothing That's gives right. you a status. Yeah. She was a widow status. Right. Had the widow clothing on, dressed up like a prostitute, changed her status. So she dresses up like a prostitute, and then she makes sure that she runs into Judah. And lo and behold, what does Judah do? Oh yeah. So so Judah's going to lay with Tamar, not knowing it was his, his daughter-in-law. Well, they and negotiate the price. Yeah, he promises to give her a kid from the flock. Okay, I'm going to give you a goat. That's kind of like a middle class gift. Right, <laughs> I'll give you a middle class gift. I'll give you a goat. Yeah, look, it's a goat, Ryan. Remember, <laughs> coats and goats. <laughs> that's the and that's what Aleph Beta brings out. They get some incredible teachings. I'm telling you, I was looking up Aleph Beta's teachings on Joseph, and there's like a a slew of of teachings about Joseph in there. But but they call it uh, coats and goats. Coats and goats. Yeah. Well, because they get the coat of many colors. You have. Oh gosh, it's unbelievable. We're going to get into that. Yeah. Remember now, there's three things that can be contaminated, Ryan. Three things that the enemy can contaminate. Three things that we can contaminate in and of ourselves. Number one is, is of course, your skin, clothing, and your homes. You know, these are the three things that can be unclean or contaminated. Mm. And look at our world today and what people are doing to their bodies, and look at the type of clothing they're wearing. And then, of course, you go into people's homes and, and you can see things, you know. And, and so this story is playing out with Judah, everyone. I mean, it's amazing. So, uh, so Judah promises her a goat. I'll give you a goat. She, he, she's like, you know, I want some collateral. And so what, is, what does he give Tamar in exchange for, for, you know, for collateral? So he, his signet... Uh... His she asked for a pledge, yeah. I right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're going to give me a goat? Yeah, but I don't have the goat with me right now. This is uh, an awkward situation. I mean, I, I've never, right. I've never solicited a prostitute, but like, yeah. If you're in a position like he's in, he's like, I'm going to give you a goat, but I don't have it with me right now. Okay, well, I'll take some collateral in exchange: give a me, signet, yeah. bracelets, and his staff. So sh- she basically gets all of the stuff that would like, like Joseph had a coat of many colors. Well, Judah has a signet, bracelets, and a staff. That's right. It that lets you him. know him, his right. status. Exactly right. He's, he's reflecting his status. Once again, collateral is defined as something pledged as security for repayment of a loan to be forfeited in the event of a default. You know, 
that's why if you take, uh, and the Bible talks about this in the Torah, you know, if, if a man gives a pledge of his, of his coat and he needs it to, to keep warm, you can't take that as a pledge. Right. You've got to let him keep his coat. Yeah. You know, very interesting, you know. Uh, and we've heard of collateral damage. Okay, what's collateral damage? It's the killing of civilians in a military attack. Very interesting. Collateral damage. The killing of civilians in a military attack. So accidentally killing human beings uh, in a military attack. Think about that. Uh, civilians, anyway. People that are not military-minded or in the military. That's collateral damage. So she collects this collateral. And so what does she do? She, she takes this... <laughs> prostitutes clothing off and puts back on her her garments of her widowhood but that's a problem because she ends up pregnant that's true so that's true she's got her widow garments on and she's pregnant this that's is right a problem. So, so all of a sudden you know uh judah finds out that she's three months pregnant tamar's three months pregnant and he accused her of being a harlot which he was he was right well <laughs> you're a harlot right he accuses her let her be but burned. judah was with the harlot and and you talk about being judgmental. Oh, that's a double standard. What a all harsh the way. statement. He says, "Let her be burned. Let her be burned." Right? Genesis thirty-eight twenty-four. Let's read that. And it came to pass about three months after that it was told Judah, saying, "Tamar, thy daughter-in-law, hath played the harlot, and also behold, she is with child by whoredom." And Judah said, "Bring her forth and let her be burnt." Man, so so Ryan, what does she produce in her in her you know? Listen, this is not just, listen, the scene here though is now she's called on the carpet in front of like the crowd. Oh yeah. So this is an embarrassing situation for Judah. I mean, he's like, this is my daughter, let her be burned, you know, all all the things, because don't we judge? So would you say that he was doing something behind the scenes? He was trying to keep it hidden? Oh, of course. Oh yeah. Yeah. Listen, like you're traveling. Hey, think think about the men listening to this. You travel to another city for work, right? And and you you think that you can get away with doing things while you're away, that because you're away, it 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 just doesn't work that way. Not in God's kingdom. Not in His economy. So what does she do? God's doing, Ryan. He's he's bringing out all of the the darkness to the light. So he's calling her on the carpet, just like everybody else. You should be burned at the stake, whatever. So what does she do? She says, "Oh yeah." Well, here's your why don't signet. You read, why don't you read it for yourself? Okay, Let, well, let's okay. read verses 25 and 26. I really like verses 25 and 26 in the story of Judah and Tamar. Okay, so here we go. It says, uh, I'm in 38, right? Look at me, I'm reading 37. Ugh, 38, 25. And 26. When, when she was brought forth, she sent to her father-in-law, saying, By the man whose these are, am I with child? And she said, discern, I pray thee, whose are these, the signet, the bracelets, and staff. Boom. And Judah acknowledged them and said, she hath been more righteous than I, because that I gave her not to Shelah, my son, and he knew her again no more. So, wow. I mean, in in his face. Boom. So, whoever's these are, that's the guy that got me pregnant. You know, it, it brings to mind, and, and you can play off this, the other stories in the New Testament, when the woman was brought before Jesus or Yeshua, and she was caught in the act of adultery. But where was the man? Where is the man? And what did he say to her? You know, hey, go and sin no more. Okay? You're guilty, but go and sin no more. I love that. I love that about Yeshua, you know. So once again, you know, let him, you know, who doesn't have sin throw the first stone, and from the elders to the youngest, they all dropped the rocks, you know, because they knew. 
that of course they had sin uh, in the New Testament, talking about reference to the woman caught in adultery. So, so this is playing out. And so once again, uh, the beauty of this is God is going to, of course, uh, bring about Judah some incredible things. And of course, uh, she's got uh, twins. She has two children in her womb. Man, she's got twins. And so um, one of the children's hand kind of started coming out, and they tied a scarlet thread around it. They, they, they tied a scarlet thread um, around the hand that came out, uh, that came out, started to come out first. And uh, what happened is um, when these two children were born, the one with a scarlet thread around the hand came out second. So the first one was Pharez, which is a breach. Uh, the second one that had the scarlet thread was Zerah, which means sunrise. So Pharez came out first, uh, and then Zerah came out second with the scarlet thread. You know, there's actually a prophecy in Isaiah, uh, in the latter part of Isaiah, that talks about who is this that comes from Basar with his garments, you know, dyed red. You know, um, and of course, you know, that's interesting. Uh, scarlet means sin. And we know that uh, that when the Messiah comes back, he will avenge us. Uh, and, and actually, um, you know, he'll be a righteous king. And so he'll do that because of the scarlet thread. Um, and so that's chapter 38 with Judah, you know. Uh, and let me just share this with all of you listening to this podcast, especially for those of you that are not Jewish or non-Jews. It's time that we make sense of the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith movement at this time. You know, it's time for, for us to mature and to grow and to be a part of the body of Christ and not to be so fault-finding, but to be productive, to be positive, you know, and to really, really make a difference. You know, and I think that, you know, when you stop and think about the name Israel, which Jacob received after wrestling with God and with man, see, so many times, you know, we'll wrestle with God, but we don't want to wrestle with men. We don't want to wrestle in public, or we don't want to wrestle, uh, you know, the human nature or people around us, but but we're going to have to grapple. We're going to have to, there's going to be a throwdown, you know, it's going to, it's going to have to be a wrestling match, and we have to overcome uh, these obstacles in our life, whether it's, whether it's people or you're wrestling with God. You know, I know right now I'm wrestling with God and a lot of issues and things that I don't want to get into right now. It's not about me, but I, could, I would say on this podcast that I'm truly, truly wrestling with God. And I'm not letting go. I'm not going to let go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up for air and keep paddling like heck underneath the water. But I'm going to keep wrestling. I'm going to keep playing and, and, and going for it, you know. And so this is what's amazing in this particular story that even in Judah's little escapade, good is going to come out of it. Yeah. Well, and and how many of us in the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith, when we first get into it, right, we're we're uh, telling everybody what they what they should and shouldn't do, or you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, you, you know, yada yada yada. But it's like, I mean, just like Judah gets it thrown in his face. Hey, weren't weren't you just at the Christmas party? You know, last month or last year, right? Because we get it, and then all of a sudden we think that now everyone is just supposed going to get it by us telling them you're not supposed to do this, yada yada yada, and yeah. we throw. And that's just an example. But, uh, I mean, we, we have to have grace for others if we want grace for ourselves. Amen. Well, you know, it, it, it's, it goes back to this, Ryan. For those of you listening to this podcast, I got an incredible revelation from God. You know, in my position as a spiritual leader or the pastor or whatever, clergy, um, listen, everyone wants to express their faith a certain way, Ryan. And when you force the way you express your faith and your belief system, when you push that on other people, it, it really doesn't turn out very good. 
Well, and it's for us. I mean, how you want to express your faith is so important. The people that that yell this from the rooftops the loudest are the people that are newest to it. And the people that pull out the Torah bullets and, and mow everybody down are the newest to it. They haven't yet gone through a full Torah cycle. They haven't yet lived it out the way that they should. Amen. And the bottom line is that this is for you, if you're listening. The, the Torah is for you. The instruction is for you. Get it into your spirit. Right. Receive from God and do it. And then you can speak from experience. What you'll find is that you'll be much more humble. You'll have much more grace for others. And you will be able to, in the end, follow the story of Joseph. You've been humbled. You've been through it. You've been through the, the 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 pieces of the puzzle that had to go through. You've gotten the calling of God in your life, and then God elevates you at that point. If you elevate yourself and you elevate your opinion, God will humble you. It's just the way that you it know. Works. And and the bottom line, Ryan, is that you know, Judaism and Christianity are going to intersect. You know, there's going to be an intersection of Jews and Christians, and there's going to be dialogue and conversation. And I, and I think it's a good thing, you know, because now we go back to Joseph in Genesis 39. Uh, he had the favor of the Lord. He prospered in the house of Potiphar. That was his master, you know. And it actually says in Genesis 39.4, if you could read that, um, this is a very interesting word that we'll see throughout the Old Testament as well. So hang on. So we went from Joseph to Judah back to Joseph? We're back to Joseph That's, in Egypt. Sounds like the two house. I mean, just yeah, call me crazy, but house, like, why house, Joseph and Judah? The house of Joseph. Huh. Interesting. I'm just going to read now. It's beautiful. All right. Because Eve is asleep. Uh, it says, and Joseph... Don't wake her. <laughs> and Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had, he put into his hand. You know, I, I just got to reflect on the Torah portions that we're in, because we're 39 chapters into Genesis. You know, it's interesting. It's all about the family tree. Everybody wants to do the DNA test and, and Ancestry.com and all these things, you know? And, and that's fine. It's all well and good. But think about it, you know, um, as, as this story unfolds, you know, this is what, what Joseph had. He had grace. Uh, grace is the Hebrew word chen. It means graciousness, kindness, favor. Uh, we receive it from God, but we can also receive it from each other. We should be given chen or grace to others. Uh, remember, Jacob wanted grace from Esau. Uh, Genesis 32, verses 4 and 5, and we can also reflect even uh, even further back, uh, Noah found grace in the eyes of God, you know, and so Genesis 6, 8. So once again, we do find grace in the Old Testament. We do find it there. Uh, it's graciousness, kindness, and favor, and this is what we need to show others. Um, so, you know, while, while Joseph is there and he's got favor, he's in Potiphar's house, all of a sudden now he's going to have a test, a temptation. Uh, Potiphar's wife is going to come on to him day in and day out, just like a dripping faucet, just tempting him and wanting wanting Joseph to lay with her and have an you know inappropriate relationship, commit adultery, right? And um, and so it got to the point where he was left alone in the house with Potiphar's wife, and what did she grab? His, his garment, coat, Imagine his that. garment. Yeah. So now we have another garment stripped of him. That's it. So so he gets the coat. Of many colors, and then it's stripped of him. And then he gets a new coat from Potiphar, right? A slave coat or whatever. Whatever it is. That but it's status. obvious, but they, it was Egyptian clothing. Right? Now it's going to be used against him. Now she strips him of it. it. Says, look what he tried to do to me. I got his coat. This is interesting. You know, he tried to, he tried to do this and he tried to do that. You know, it's interesting. God was with, with Joseph, you know, but he left his garment in her hand. He, he got out of there. Um, and of course, she's, she's keeping the garment until her husband comes home, Potiphar. And uh, she she accused uh, 
you know, Joseph of raping her. He tried to rape me. He tried to rape me, you know. And that's what the enemy does, you know. Uh, if he can't, you know, get you in that, he's going to get you in some other way. But but that's what but but that's what happens, you know. And so Potiphar became angry, and he, and he sent Joseph to prison, you know. Uh, we know Potiphar could have had him killed or hung or whatever, you know. I mean, seriously, capital punishment, you know. There's it's true. There, I think he believed Joseph, well, not, not his wife, and it, right, he probably knew her. The, exactly. There so was something going in on. In this situation, the fact that he didn't have Joseph killed and only thrown in prison shows you know that what? he either loved Joseph greatly or he was embarrassed, so he knew he had to do something, and he couldn't punish his wife in that situation. Good point. But I want Ryan to read these two verses, because this shows the character of Joseph, that we could really be inspired. Uh, it's, it's Genesis 39, verses 8 and 9. Here's the situation with Potiphar's wife and Joseph playing out. Let's look at verses 8 and 9 and what Joseph's response was to this, this outright attack. All right, so it says, But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So he respected Potiphar. Wow. And he says, how could I do this to God? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Boy, he must have been... You know, think about it. Joseph was only 17 years old, and he had all this character. Joseph's the man. He was. He's a righteous. He's a, he's a zodiac, you know? I like Joseph. Uh, and, and now the story is going to be closing out here with, with two people. Uh, Pharaoh was angry with, with two people who served him in his court. He threw, him, he threw them into prison with Joseph, and it was the butler and the baker. Butler and baker. So the butler is actually the cupbearer of Pharaoh. In the kitchen with the candlestick. So there's the baker. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about that. That's a clue. No, we're not going to play that game. Okay. So, so of course, the butler, the cup bearer, which is the butler and the baker, were in prison, and they, they both had uh, different dreams the same night. And uh, and so they're disturbed about these dreams, you know. And so, you know, the, the butler or the cup bearer uh, actually shared his dream first with Joseph so that he could interpret it. And, uh, and of course, uh, we know that uh, Joseph did interpret uh, the dream for the chief butler or the cupbearer. And he basically says, after three days, he would be restored to his post uh, and, and, and he would give Pharaoh his cup or his past position. He would give Pharaoh his cup. So the cupbearer is very important. You know, that's the person that would drink from the cup before the king would. Because if he tried to poison the king, the cupbearer would die and the king would know. I'm not drinking from that cup. Yeah, for sure. Nehemiah was a cupbearer. What a man of faith. Man, I'll tell you what. <laughs> That's a tough position. Would you like to be the cupbearer? No. So is it is it is it less likely to be poisoned as the cupbearer because of your existence? I mean, like, why would why would you poison the king if he's gonna know because you're gonna end up just poisoning the cupbearer? I don't know. I don't know, Ryan, but this is ruthless. This yeah. is some tough times here, you know, when you think about just it. Just the fact that you this needed a cupbearer you know. is, is a tough um, <laughs> And so the baker, of course, tells uh, Joseph his dream, and basically the result was that the baker was hung. Now, listen, I love pastries. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah, don't mess up the pastries. But the pastries, man, if you get them wrong, you burn the challah, there's no filling inside that cupcake, you're done. You're toast. Mm. So I don't know. You know, this is Pharaoh. This guy is serious. I mean, he threw the cupbearer and the baker in jail with Joseph. Now, this is the same Pharaoh that's going to call forth Joseph to his presence. And so what's Joseph thinking about this guy, you know? And, and so here's the thing. 
Um, you know, Joseph asked the chief butler to mention him to Pharaoh in, in, in order to get him out of prison. Hey, please remember me. Remember me. Uh, and, and, of course, that, that happens uh in verse 23. Let, let's, let's read that. Uh, let's read verses... Uh, well, verse 23, let's see what happens here. What, what does it say in regards to the chief butler or the cupbearer remembering Joseph? Yeah, 21 through 23 says here, and he restored the chief butler unto his butlership, again, his butlership, I know it's a new word, <laughs> and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand, but he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. And uh, just to let you know, we'll let you know, we'll let it be known uh, if you'll think about it. And we're going to continue on in our, uh, of course, uh, podcast here next week. But basically, uh, you're going to see where two years are going to pass before uh, Joseph gets another shot at redemption. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't know this, Ryan. I just re- reflect on this from last night in our Torah study. But, you know, it talks about uh, Egyptian dungeons being underground, no light. And there's actually a reference to Joseph being in that kind of situation in the Psalms, I believe it is. But he even had shackles. Mm. So imagine being underground in a dungeon with shackles. So we just think it's some kind of, you know, they got TV and they got wreck areas. No, no, no. This was a dungeon. You know, Paul says that I should be focusing and meditating on things that are holy and good and righteous and just and all those kinds of things, not dungeons. You know, I mean, the thing is, <laughs> dungeons. What about the dungeons? So think about this, everyone. The house of Joseph is alive and well in this earth. Which house are you? Judah or Joseph? Make your, make your call now. Rise up. Rise up. You know. I heard that it used to be a thing that they wanted to be the house of Joseph because you'd have the Jews and the Joes. The Jews and the Joes. That's another name for Joseph, the Joes. That's right. Did you, you ever hear that? I, I've just recently, uh, I've heard that. I've heard <laughs> that. So once again, um, what a wonderful Torah portion, how personable that is. And of course, we're going to develop the story as we go. And I uh, just want to wish all of you a happy Hanukkah. And remember, Hanukkah means dedication. It is a real word in the Strong's Concordance. Uh, look up the word Hanukkah. It means dedication. And so here's the famous question. What are you dedicated to? Let me tell you what we're dedicated to. Ryan and I are dedicated to the restoration and the regathering of the whole house of Israel. Come on, Come on somebody! somebody. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We greatly appreciate you. Uh, I want to say thank you personally for all of the people that have listened, the people that have been giving, the people that have uh, been reaching out to us. Uh, it's it's always a great pleasure um, to to hear from you guys and to to see that the the word is going forth and that it is not coming back void. Uh, praise God, glory to God. And so, uh, if you guys are are listening out there and you want to reach out to me, uh, it's Ryan R Y A N at toprays.net that's t-o-p-r-a-i-s-e dot net and uh, if you want to call the office uh, if you need resources or anything you can either email me or you can call and uh, and speak to the folks in the office that's 813-654-2222 and then as always you can live stream our services online at toprays.net uh, you can also donate at our website 
and uh, you can uh, get other resources. You can see the tour portions on there. You can see our calendar of events uh, and all that. And also, I believe you can uh, register for our newsletter. And if you don't have our newsletter, there's usually a copy on the website. But if you want to receive our newsletter, you can either email me or you can use the Contact Us tab on the website. And so uh, bless you guys. I hope you guys are, are, are having a great week. Do you have a blessed Hanukkah? Enjoy uh, this time with your families. Uh, eat lots of fried food because that's our job. And uh, bless you guys. Have a great week.